Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. What's up, podcast listeners? Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Pretty stoked to share with you our beers with bro. And what it was during COVID and all the quarantine time, we got on YouTube, did some YouTube lives with some family and friends, took some questions from the audience. So it's a bunch of Q&A, but all in all, just a fun time hanging out and talking elk hunting, talking the outdoors, anything and everything. So we got about six episodes for you coming at you and uh, just really excited to share these with you. Want to thank again Onyx Hunt for bringing this podcast to you. If you guys have not yet downloaded that app, go ahead and do so. Use promo code BRO at checkout, save yourself 20%, and get ready to navigate in the backcountry with your phone, GPS in hand. Pretty awesome system, and uh, highly encourage you to go check it out if you haven't. So with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Say when. Just just give us the word, Troy. I, I got it. So, so Dirk, do you have your chat up? Uh, I see. Yeah, I see a chat. Yep. Okay, hit chat, and so we can see the questions coming in. Is are we live? We're rolling live. Thin live. Thin, thin live. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Well, <laughs> welcome everybody to tonight's beers with bros. Uh, um, special guest. You guys might know him a little bit. I think. Uh, I don't know my name. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Got many leather bound books. Dirk, Dirk, the bugler, Durham. <laughs> uh, I, I've been, you guys do not know how excited I've been all day for this. Oh this, my goodness. This, this is going to be, this is going to be a weird one. I've got like, like five different notes written down here and I know it's not going to even cut. We're not even going to get to them is what I have a feeling of. We're just going to, let's just kind of take it where we go. We're going to answer some questions guys, bring in with your questions and, and uh, for Dirk, it may, whether it be how to prepare for a wrestling match or whether it be, you know, elk hunting questions or whatever you got bring in and uh, we'll try to, we'll try to tackle them. So is this uh, a kind of an expose, if you will. I, I don't know, but I love the, the first one that we got here. Karen Hargrave says, fasten your seatbelts and keep your hands inside at all times. <laughs> be a wild ride children. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh man. Yeah. I, just a brief recap on things that we've done, Dirk. Um, yeah. What is, what is some of the highlights for you? Wait, 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 wait. It's beers with bros. We got to tell them. What oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> Dirk, sorry, sorry. Dirk, sh- show, show your hand. What do you, what do you got in your hand? <laughs> do I have to? Yes. <laughs> all right. Okay. Listen, all the little, all the, all the white girls say there's no laws when you're drinking white claws. Oh, <laughs> so, so I mean, I heard, I heard, uh, I heard that white claw was, uh, uh, or I heard that coronavirus was God's way of being getting getting even with us for drinking white claws. So <laughs> I think it's a fact. And we're gonna end the podcast and uh, right there, guys. So we'll talk to you guys next week on Thursday, Thursday night, same time, same channel. <laughs> it's so good when it hits the lips. Oh, look at that guy. Oh, look at that guy. Oh my goodness! So, what flavor is that, Dirk? Uh, this is mango. Nice, nice. You can ask, ask Trevor mango. what he thinks. Ask Trevor what he thinks of mango white claws. What? Trevor? What? What's wrong with it? Oh, Lost him again. And he's got that can bad. Can hear me? We can hear you. We just can't see it. Cody, what do you got in your cup? Uh, I got uh, Knob Creek Old Fashioned Round. Yep, same as last week, I think. Nice. Oh. How about nice? That? I'm rolling. I'm rolling. Uh, uh, same thing. Black velvet and, and uh, diet root beer. Keto. Trainers would keto. love. Yep, rolling hard. Yeah, I mean, they're keto. Trevor was here. Nope, there. Oh, we got it. We got back. it again. Yeah. Am I back? Yeah. Fill me in on the mango white claws to fill Dirk in. Well, they were good for the first. Uh, Palette. Couple hunt, couple hundred. <laughs> Hundo. Um, I've been unemployed for a while. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> you're um, looking a little rough. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's just because I can't get a haircut. Yeah. yeah. You know, rough times. We're going to link Trevor's GoFundMe account in the uh, description if you guys want to go down there and donate a little bit for the TMD. Actually, actually I want to take this opportunity to make a public service announcement. Um, if any of you got any of you guys have any N95 masks, <laughs> I have a PO box. I'd love for you to send them to. <laughs> I got some old bra cups I could probably send over. I mean, they're not mine. You know, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> Leopard skin. I hope you. I hope you don't mind. They match. <laughs> no, I actually prefer those. I do. Perfect. Perfect. Those. Uh, yeah. We're just solving mysteries here. Uh, first question from the viewers here, Stefano, Stefanovic, uh, Dirk, how is the shoulder and did you go with surgery or no surgery? Oh yeah, good question. So I did go with surgery on uh, December, like first part of December had uh, surgery and uh, they repaired my rotator cuff. So I had about four weeks, five weeks of immobilization. I had my arm in a sling, couldn't really move it for like a month. And then uh, after six weeks, they're doing physical therapy, and it's been going good. I can actually draw my bow now. Oh, you um, can? It's uh, 55 pounds. Nice. Uh, no problem. Draw it, no problem. Um, I could probably draw 65 if I wanted to push it, but um, I'm just gonna, I, I've got a lot of bad habits about it. Besides, well, besides the ones you guys know, I developed some bad form and stuff uh, with my mouth tab shooting, so I'm trying to dig out of a hole with that right now and some target panic uh so anyway what tools what are you using to kind of confront that uh, my wife stands behind me with a a big roll of barbed wire and she strikes me yep. every time if i punch the trigger yep it works it's been working pretty yeah. good so 90 percent of the time every time yeah no, my wife does that on. to me too but it's just not with shooting my bow <laughs> i'm just Looks working on some reps just trying to you know focus on form and and you know, just get back in the swing of things. Copy. Yeah, it's just a this uh yeah. This broadcast is awesome. It's like a where's Waldo of Trevor. It's uh it's amazing. Right? If, if you could maybe just sit down and just, you know, I don't know, commit okay. just for just for an hour, it'd be awesome. Oh, I'm sorry, Trent. I'm trying to cook my children dinner right now. And my one of my daughters is on a Google meet and greet with her teacher and her classmates. So that took me the better part of 15 minutes to figure out. And uh, yeah, it's, it's after 6 p.m. right now. No, I know the time. That's why, yeah, was, that's why I was saying it. Yeah. Uh, Dirk, what is, how, how has the Corona thing been affecting as far as you were in Idaho? Uh, they are still shut off to all the out of state hunters. What, yeah. What That's is not a bad thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, no kidding. I'm, sure. I'm surprised um, Dirk didn't take a shot across about Washingtonians right yeah. there. Sons of. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so our county that I live in, we haven't had any uh, confirmed cases um, or deaths from coronavirus. Uh, the, there's a county next to us that's pretty big. There's been a few deaths, but it's, you know, God bless their souls. It's, a lot of old folks in nursing homes, you know, uh, eight of them were over nine, 90 years old and, and some, and the others were uh, over 80 years old. So um, I guess it's, you know, getting those old folks. Um, but, you know, we're in the town I live in, um, you know, a lot of the non-essential folks are shut down, of course. Um, so it's a little weird, you know, town's a lot less busy, but we're getting through it, getting through it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, it just seems like it's just, everybody has a different opinion on it. And the, and the, and the longer this thing goes, I don't know, it's, you're wanting to do the right thing the whole time, but what is the right thing, right? So, yeah. Mm, right. social distancing. And this is what puts us right here. And we get to talk to you because normally yeah. we'd be making some YouTube video of a bear hunt tonight, which is perfect conditions. But Dirk, I'm talking to you, brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. Feel, I feel important. You are got a, got a couple questions here. Jeff Rock asks, uh, Franks or Tapatio? Tapatio. Big time. Tap, tap for the win. Nailed it. Uh, Levi Lively wants to know where we, where we can get this hat. Tabasco. 
Um, Cody, you wore a hat on our page that we can make zero money off of. Hey, nice, nice hey, Benchmade guys got to support. So this hat was from the Hunt the Web deal. Benchmade did last year about this time. Yeah. So that was, to my knowledge, the only way. But if you guys should, you guys should Instagram message them and say, "Hey, want the digital elk hat back? It's a pretty cool one." So. And get ready because there's some Benchmade stuff coming from us. Might be a little secretive stuff, maybe, in the uh, near future. Maybe some yeah. some bear hunting. Maybe some cool stuff. So anyway, speaking of Benchmade, Trent. Sorry. Oh, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> hate you so much. Oh, did I say I customized it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I had to mention. I just had to mention it. Don't you have a class or something you need to be in? I mean, you're moving uh, around so much. I probably do. Ooh, ooh! Look at that bull. What bull is that? Bro? That's Wyoming. Oh, that Whoa. one. That oh, one. there's salt in the wound. Yeah, I spooked that right to you. You're welcome. Yeah, oh, welcome. did I mention it's uh, four feet wide? Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that, Trent. <laughs> uh, let's get to some questions before we kick Trevor off of here. Um, what do we got, Code? Uh, Corey Miller, Mr. Triple X Archery, oh, asked yeah. Dirk, how was the Tool concert? Oh, man. Oh, the Tool concert was incredible. Um, super loud. I was jacked because I, I got on the website got right when they when they dropped. And uh, I get there and I find my, my seat and I'm like, hold on, there's something wrong here because I bought tickets so close to the stage. Well, we were on the far end of the stadium, the stage, uh, right next to the aisle. So every drunk person that walked by and, and every uh, every girl that had beef with her boyfriend stopped and argued right in front of us, <laughs> right in our way. So we couldn't really see the concert tickets, but we could see the light show up on, on the ceiling. So it was awesome. Uh, the, the, uh, the acoustics and the audio part of it was really, really good. So, yeah, that was the, that was a bucket list concert for sure. Right on. My ears are still ringing. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. Not a chance I would ever go. Not oh, a you chance. Would. You would. No. Yeah, well, old Steve Arino, um, he's, a, he's a heavy metal connoisseur. He went to the Corn concert right before Ooh. COVID and was nice. just like rocking out. Yeah. Heck what yeah. is it? What, what kind of music do you call it, Trent? Oh, I guarantee you they were biting the heads off bats and killing babies and all sorts of <laughs> chanting and stuff. I guarantee you. Guarantee you. There's some underwritten, underwritten things that you guys probably didn't realize, Dirk. <laughs> play uh, it backwards. Find out for yourself. Yeah, yeah why don't you play it backwards, Dirk? Come on. <laughs> uh, Madison Jones says, y'all got to lose more, uh, lose bets more often. We need to see Macho Man and Nacho Trente putting the smack down on a bull. Not a spike, Trent. Looking at you, buddy. Wow. Wow. Oh, <laughs> Madison. <laughs> Madison. I'm an opportunistic hunter. <laughs> that was pretty rough. Oh no, that was a that was a weird time. That was a crazy time when Dirk shows up to camp and hands me a costume and says, uh, "Hey, now we're here." That wasn't a costume, Trent. That was a way of life. I don't know what you're talking about. The only thing that I have to say about that whole deal is, if you've never worn a cape before, it will change your life. <laughs> <laughs> Because you probably you about hung yourself every tree that you tried to cross, or well, there there was that, but there is there it it really frees you. It really frees you. I can see how Superman feels now. I mean, I'm almost the same. Really, it's the same deal. I when you sent when you sent me that slow mo footage turn of you throwing oh, that tape around, I almost peed in my pants. <laughs> oh, next level. Yeah. So. Okay, we got a serious No, but question. it was that was that was a good that was a good time. Yeah. Okay, serious question, Elk Hunting. Seth Hamill asks, after locating a bull, how close do you get to him before you set up and try to call him call him into the shooter? Is that for me? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Take it. I'll field this one. Uh so I want to get as close as I can without getting busted, you know. It might be 200 yards. It might be 100 yards, depending on terrain and and uh, brush and you know uh, how how comfortable I feel with with uh, how it's how it's going. 
So, but usually 200 yards or less is is good. But I want to be as close as I can. That way, I'm I'm up up I'm up in his grill. It's it's a real personal attack, and 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 you'll get a lot better response is if you try to get close to him before you start calling. That's awesome. It's it's Question. terrain, terrain, and to, uh, what the actual like uh, trees and everything else cover dictates that. Because sometimes it's four hundred yards, sometimes it's a hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes there's let's, let's say it's super steep and a whole bunch of blowdowns, and you're just gonna make a whole bunch of noise getting there that last little bit. <laughs> nice, Trevor. Yeah. No, it's a cooking channel, Dirk. We're getting yeah. double the viewership. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, if it's if it's nasty country, maybe I'll linger back a little bit further, maybe slow play it a little bit more, um, <clears throat> make them come to me. Uh, it's every situation's a little different, though. So that bull, like we just touched on the uh, the day that we were dressed up, looking awesome. Um, that bull would bugle from the same spot, but he would not move from it. But he would scream his head off from that exact spot. We had to like cross canyon i mean I, a huge amount of space in order to get over to him and then going up to him which he was above us which is not ideal. pretty steep oh it was super steep and it was which is not ideal for a call-in situation and uh we had to get like right on him before he what made maybe 75 yards dirt maybe to come in so steve could shoot at him yeah. so i mean it was it was one of those situations where every every time it's different uh, some some are better than others. We like those that are. Well, I just called three times and he came running in. And we shot him. But yeah. That doesn't that doesn't always work. Hey, if you, you have the choice to uh, be quieter moving to a bull or louder moving to a bull, what would you pick? Louder, of course. Because oh, no. I mean, not not calling, just noise wise, right? Well, if you were if you were to sneak or go in breaking branches. Which one would you pick? Mm, I'd probably sneak if I'm getting close. If I'm 100 yards or less, yeah, I'm going to sneak at that point. If I'm not calling. You're sneaking? Yeah. Gotcha. I, I did watch Dirk, though, like do the uh, the rambush. I, I think you called it something else, or was it the rambush? Yeah, we, I, whiz bang, maybe, if you will. Whiz bang? Whiz yeah. bang. Yeah. Mm. And I watched, Trent, or I watched Dirk grab like a sapling like this big break it off and then literally as he's running it's just like hitting every tree as he's going by it and i mean there was so much noise going in on that and that was the bark scream challenge when you you know and it's like we're going after you here we come and there was no sneaking involved i've also watched him maybe fall a couple times in that matter going on the maybe fall his legs look like he ran a cheese crater down <laughs> hey you're welcome I You're did that welcome. for you. I know. I'm not kidding you. Like, uh, you know, we've been hunting guys for I mean, how many years and calling bulls and stuff like that. And it was like hunting with Dirk and stuff is it was the next level, I will say, of like just learning the anatomy of, okay, the calling scenario. And, and it was cool because we could bounce things off of you and you taught us stuff as well. And, and it was just, it's just been so much fun hunting with you and realizing what works and what doesn't. One of these days we'll get you out here to some Roosevelt country. And um, anyway. We're yeah, gonna... I'd love to. I heard said that they shut down Oregon. Get down, John. <laughs> I heard they shut down Oregon for out-of-staters for the rest of the year. Is that true? I, I hope so. <laughs> and there's that. Uh, I haven't heard. I haven't heard it. They had it closed, um, but they did. I, I haven't heard a date that's like closed for the entire year or anything like that. I, um, but I do. They're actually Joseph uh, Meek. And asked, no what do you guys think about the out-of-state hunters shut down? Um, I think, uh, judging by what I just saw today, so specifically, I had an executive order that I couldn't work till June 15th. It just got lifted today, and now it's going to be May 1st. Oh, so wow. it's a month and a month and a half sooner um, where I'm going to be able to go back to work tentatively here with some regulations involved, obviously. But I think that if we're seeing that as a message of, okay, it's going to get better than worse, then we might start to see this 
kind of unfold. So coming this year it should be okay. I'm hoping, but yeah. Yeah. Um, can we can we questionize? Because there's I just looked yeah. down. There's like 33 that are waiting. Yeah, we got a bunch here. Yeah, uh, we got a bunch. Uh, Cody, did you make leg uh, turkey leg carnitas? If you haven't seen Cody's turkey video, it went up and it is awesome. Go ahead. Hey, uh, awesome. Yeah, so that's from JD, our buddy JD from Bear Camp last year in Steelhead Trip. That's because I actually texted him last night and said, "Hey, remember those? Remember remember those carnitas that we had at Bear Camp last year?" Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so he sent me the recipe. No, JD, I've not made those yet. Um, I and good thing is I got twice the meat for him now because we killed some more birds today. Oh, wow. dude, I'm That's telling you what, you good guys, news. you guys, you guys are missing do out. Not it say, is, do not say it's elk. Don't even. Don't no, even I'm telling it. you, it don't is the don't tactics of calling them and locating them is just like the cat road shuffle. It's the full threat shuffle. We bombed on the How'd... mountain bikes three and a half miles, got them located, slipped in on them. 100%. I'm not saying it's the same as far as like, yeah, a bull coming in is level 10 and a turkey coming in, it's, I got the shit. Did you see like... his hands? Did anybody just see his hands? They were darn close. They were darn close. Of all people, <laughs> oh, my guests on, you say that with a bugler on, you got to be kidding me. Dirk, please, <laughs> please allow me. You're better than that. Better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, These aren't fun to shoot. I, I, after watching that video of Matt, you and Matt Elliott, that was pretty awesome. It was cool. Just the slow play of that bird. It was and cool. Have seeing him have that much patience to like not take the shot right off. I was shocked. I, there's no way I would have done that. Oh, I was shocked too. I'm just like, shoot him now, shoot him now. Oh, okay. Now he's going to strut for 20 minutes behind this brush pile. And yep. then, he's gonna, I, then I thought we were going to get busted and then it was going to be over. And then we we're going to have to go searching again. But And the cool thing is awesome. now we can watch Trevor cook it for 20 minutes because that seems to be what's going on, I guess. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's uh, Jeffrey Lake says, when an elk bugles, is there any way you can tell it if it's a bigger bull? Um, Idaho. The woodcutter. Yeah. Those so, Idaho bulls. We, what Idaho we call bulls. I'm pretty confident on them a lot of times because uh, if, if you can get a really old bull that's just, uh, there's no high pitch and it's just kind of a wheeze. It's just kind of a growly wheeze. What we what we call it, Dirk? Sawmill, sawmill, sawmill. planer, like a planer, the wood planer, something like that. I remember wood I remember. splitter, something, something, something. Um, might but be but I've been fooled like out of state a lot. You know, the bull you'll hear some squeaky bugle and it sounds okay. It could be a monster. You just never know. True. But it seems like those big old Idaho bulls that are old, they're just growly as can be. So losing their voice like grandpa they are yeah yeah, yeah. uh we got a uh question here from blake wells can a 64 pound bow bow kill an elk you bet 100 <laughs> yeah i've shot like i don't know four five six of them with a 65 pound bow so yeah how many your uh mouth tab bowl what were you pulling there 55 exactly yep. well placed arrow right yep yeah, Idaho State lost 40 pounds minimum draw weight. Uh, weight. 40. Uh, and so, you know, they, they, the fishing game deemed that a 40 pound bow is uh, capable of killing an elk, you know, especially with probably a really pretty heavy arrow. You know, your range is going to be shortened and your pin gap is going to be huge. But yeah, heck yeah, 65 pounds and slam. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um so a giant question that we're getting guys sorry to interrupt you cody um this one from troy ball i'm just kidding he's the one that's giving us questions but game bags game bags game bags what's the story with our game bags um guys cody can you can you elaborate uh, dirk you got to use them actually first yeah. let's go to dirk dirk were they awesome they're pretty awesome uh super lightweight um they look flimsy as could be but we beat the crap out of them <laughs> and they 
they held up good. Uh, yeah. We stuffed them full of meat, stuffed them full of quarters. Um, I didn't see a problem with them at all. I think yeah. they're a good bag. But yeah. at this point, Cody? Still getting a timeline for when we're going to get them from uh, So Shop. So with, with COVID there, this So Shop, um, we're struggling on delivery dates. So um, right now, the last I heard is July. So I'm uh, fingers crossed that that all makes the happen. Um, we definitely have the intention to bring them to market this summer. We're hoping for this spring and everything, basically the material side of it, uh, some supply issues. So we're, we're trying our best. We're, uh, I guess, uh, content creators, not manufacturers. So we're just fumbling our way through this, learning along and uh, trying our best. So definitely we will have them as soon as we can and we will let you guys know about them. So appreciate like uh, everyone asks, you know, about them. It's, it's pretty humbling to and the interest and uh, there's a question here. Chris Wright asked, are they re uh, reusable? And 100% reusable. I actually used uh, a set for three different elk last year and then um, washed them and they looked. If you guys saw us at the Sportsman Show, the, the game bags were on display. They had three bowls that we packed out with them. So um, great, great bags. Pretty excited I, about them. I don't know what you guys are going to make those out of, but they're pretty amazing. Yeah. super lightweight when i said flimsy i didn't mean like crappy i meant like super lightweight like yeah they're game changers really and we yeah. tested on everything that you can imagine as far as flies and as far as everything that you're going to encounter in september and they've held up so but the problem is is to get them that way it costs some money so just to throw this out there guys they're not going to be you know 1995 they're going to be you know i'm not sure yet because they we haven't got a final final decision on that but um they are going to be the best game bag you ever made last game bags that you're going to have to buy for a while and um anyway but they're gonna you know obviously come with a price so that's that's all i got for you yep uh cedric webb i understand that you took a couple muzzleloader took a couple muzzleloader hunting for elk back before christmas is it going to be uploaded mm. kind of special uh kind of special as the guy my son's driver on emergency that's awesome that's awesome yeah so yeah i took royce and his wife out and um we killed the bull or yeah wow i call her i call wow. her, her candace anyway kill a bull it was awesome we had a blast and uh first bull and we should upload that at some point i've got For the footage sure. and i I've, I've i can i can i think i can handle that so at yeah. some point, I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna make that happen. Blake Welp asks, "What's a good size stabilizer, or is it just a personal preference?" Dirk, mm -hmm. I like one that fits in my bow case. That I don't have to unscrew every time. His comment, his his advice is way better than mine. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I have I've had a few different stabilizers and. Um, I'm not that technical of an archer to know the difference and feel the difference and be like, oh man, brand A, brand B, type A is, is better. So for me, as long as I got something out front that's not super heavy, um, I like it, so. Do we sell stabilizers, Cody? Still? We do, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we sell the Spider. Sweet. Uh, eight, eight and 10, I shot a 10 inch the last two years, like it. Um, I've got your eight inch spider, uh, on my hunting bow. I love it. It's yeah. perfect. Fits yeah. in my case. Perfect. I like that one too. Uh, Joseph Meekum. Huge question. I've been hunting for a long time, but you guys got me and my buddy excited and you're going into the back country this year. My question is what is a must have pick of gear? Let's just go around the horn. Uh, Trevor, because now you're. I in, got lot. I got lots of what must have. Just cooking a second. Oh my goodness! What is going on? I'm actually cooking on the tailgate. So he's okay. in his truck. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, that's because my phone died and I needed a charger, but I need to stay close to the meat. Yeah. No excuses. Play like a champion. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm pulling it off. 
just mind your own business. Um, there's a lot of must-haves when you go into the backcountry, let's be honest. But uh, I like trekking poles is a big one for me for must-haves. There's, there's a bunch of them. You guys, should we each name a, a few? Trek, I'll start it off with trekking poles. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like uh, a really good, comfortable sleeping pad. Definitely that doesn't pop. That doesn't pop. Yep. I've had a few pop in the back. What, are you trying to get all stoic with your dad in the background there, Trent? Uh, it was a bigger picture than that in the thing. I thought I was going to, I was going to, yeah, never mind. Go ahead, Dirk. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it, it zooms in. Here, I'm going to pick my favorite one. Here's my favorite. <laughs> Can you share that? Is that legal? I have no idea. America. <laughs> no idea. But these guys are protecting us right now. And so, yeah, I can. So I like, I think a good, comfortable pair of boots that doesn't give you blisters mm. is pretty important. I mean, um, if you can't walk, you can't hunt. So, And keeps and, your feet dry. And keeps your feet dry. And right behind those are comfortable underwear. Not a lot of people talk about it. But a good, comfortable pair of comfortable pair of underwear to keep you from chafing down there that's that's yep. that's a game changer game changer. Dude, game changer is baby butt paste oh yeah okay, then there's that write that down Trent. That, write that, that, took, down. that took that took a turn i took yep. a turn well i was gonna follow up with tp and but uh yeah but <laughs> I, you know now i don't even know where to go no i i mean something that I never really carried honestly before I actually did the backcountry thing was uh, extra extra knife. I always have a knife usually around my neck usually. And um, anyway, it's amazing how many times that when you start using, uh, we call them EDCs, right? Everyday carry that you need a knife during the day. Yeah. And then there's that, that I probably didn't get offered. So, and then Trevor has his that he's just, you know, it's it's amazing so and then dirk i give him a super awesome knife and he just goes out and what do you do, do you just throw them as far as you can dirk yeah I, I didn't need that 300 knife it's no oh, yeah not at all yeah. yeah left it on a log fell out of my pocket i don't know what the heck i can do it but yeah it's yeah. gone excuses yeah. yep uh chris williamson asked dirk love how you use an alarm bark to counter an elk's bark getting spooked is there a time that you would suggest you wouldn't suggest using it to settle them, confuse them, or just back out instead? So typically when I'm going to use it is when the bull's pretty close and kind of locked up, you know, we're at a stalemate or they're hung up. Um, and I think a lot of guys think um, because ever since I've been bow hunting and everybody that's ever bow hunted bef before my generation uh, the old hang up, you know, bulls will hang up. How do you, how do you get past that? And I think, I think kind of, if you go back to elk biology a little bit, elk, elk were very visual, you know, they list the auditory part and they're going to hear each other, but they're pretty visual too. At some point they want to see their adversary. They want to see that other bull that's messing with them. So a lot of times they're going to hang up at a point that where they can kind of watch and see and at, at that time, it's kind of like a chess game. It's, it's your move. You got to make the move. If, if you're kind of staying back and being like, well, he's kind of hung up and I think I'll throw some cow calls or a few, a few calls at him and, and just kind of see what happens and wait. A lot of times he's going to deem you as a chicken or be like, yeah, this guy don't want to fight. I'm out. So a lot of times they want to see that visual aspect. So if, they, if you're set up good to where they're not going to be able to see you, um, I'll, I'll bark and scream at them and kind of move up. So this is, you know, when they're a hundred yards or less, probably in the 50 to 60 yard range where I can't see them yet. Um, that's where really what I'm going to start using that bark. Uh, I'm not going to use it halfway across the Canyon. Um, I'm going to use it at pretty close quarters after they're hung up. Um, and I pull it out all the time, you know, it, back in the old days, I didn't do it too much, but nowadays if they get hung up, I'll do, uh, you know, if they're, if they're not raking, if they're just kind of stopped and they're just standing, looking, waiting for that, that bull to make their move, then uh, I'll, I'll kind of a, do a bark and chuckle or a bark and scream. 
um, and try to get them kind of going, going again. And sometimes if I move up even 10 yards, 10, 10 steps, just break a bunch of brush, move up 10 steps. A lot of times that's <laughs> enough to be like, okay, that bull's going to show himself and they'll kind of move out to where they can actually see. And a lot of times we get shot. Yeah. I, I've witnessed it time and time again with you and it, it breaks that, that back and forth, back and forth stalemate stuff. And that's yeah. where I've seen that. And it's like, okay, we're either going to bust this bull or we're going to kill it. And sometimes it's a 50, 50 shot in that. Would you agree? I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so you can sit there and be at the stalemate and basically you're not going to kill that bull hundred percent or you push it. And what kind of goosey does he say? That's what? that crap, Dirk. That's that crap I'm talking about. That is exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. And he's just your brother. Like yeah, yeah, he's up for sale. I, I tried to get Steve. To, I tried to get Steve to take him in, and he won't. I bet Papa Fish is not very proud about that. Uh, uh, so, guys, for everybody just joining us, if you if you've come late to the party, which it sounds like looking at Trevor, that's what it is. If you got some questions for us, we're going to just try to hammer those in the next half hour or so and go through some stuff. So, um, hey, I, I got a question for you right now. Clark M says with the pick you guys use for the live stream, why are you guys not in character? Second, that one, I want YouTube to start chanting. Nacho, Nacho. Okay. Okay. Wow. okay. Hold on. Hold on. This is a two, this is a two man. This is a two man team here. All right. I don't well, see Dirk. I don't see Dirk dressed up. I, I know, but Dirk can roll right into his character. He just doesn't have the costume. Dirk. Oh gosh. Oh, please God, no. He's gotta have it. Oh my god. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right now. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. it. It's oh. the cream. We'll rise to the top. <laughs> Come on, Trent. I don't even know where pocket. my cream is at. I don't. I don't know where it's at. It's somewhere in the shop That's right sad. now. That's real sad. It's okay. Man. You can take a hiatus for a couple minutes. Return with Nacho. Yeah, you still got the costume. I'm in Boise. I don't, I don't even have it. Yeah, dude. They're in the comments right now. It's blowing up. Nacho. Nacho. I don't know if it is. <laughs> I just is don't it? know that it, I can see the same comments you do, and I don't see that. Give me two yeah. minutes. Give me four minutes. All okay, right. perfect. The barn's a little ways away. <laughs> All right. Uh, while you're gone, we're going to answer some questions about Crocs in the backcountry by Joe Barn Barnard. I hate myself. Trevor, what's your opinion you on Crocs? Huh? You know, I've gone back and forth with bringing Crocs into the backcountry. I've packed Crocs. I've packed nothing. Um, I've packed flip-flops before. Um, what I don't like about certain Crocs are, um, it can make your feet sweat and you're in the backcountry for so long without a shower. And then you shove your foot into some Crocs that don't ventilate really well. I don't like that either. So, uh, I like cutting holes in the tops of them and all over them. Um, and then duct taping actually the edges of them. So then you have a waterproof portion for if you have your socks on, but then you still ventilate well. So that's what I've done with Crocs. And actually I'm wearing some right now like this. So I duct tape the sides so they don't get wet, but then they ventilate on the top. Um, and I'd even cut them a little bigger than that if I was going into the back country, but it's kind of my go-to. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a big proponent, not, not only for, camp footwear at night when you're backpacking but if you have any stream crossings or anything like that and you gotta if you're gonna be over the top of your boots you gotta strip down and you know knee high knee deep water they're awesome for stream crossings as well but it's nice at the end of the day to just kick your boots off throw throw those on wander around i mean I, i'll walk barefoot or in a pair of socks but crocs are they're pretty yeah pretty light and make it pretty easy they're nice Dirk, what do you do? What do you do there? Uh, so those Crocs are kind of new to me. Um, I finally broke down and bought a pair last year. And what I was kind of blown away by was 
creek crossings with those things. Um, they, they grip those slippery rocks going across the river um, pretty well. I, I was, I thought, you know, it would compare to wading, wading shoes to some extent. So I was pretty impressed yeah. with it. Um, that was my first set of Crocs. Before that, I tried flip-flops. No good. You, you get poked by sticks and stuff around camp and um, you get bloody toes that way. So no bueno. Yeah. And your feet get dirtier in flip-flops. Oh yeah, 100%. Yep. Um, so we got another one here. TJ Sweeney asks, how do you deal with predators like bears, wolves, and coyotes? Um, just kind of figure, trying to figure out like as far as like interrupting the hunt or maybe trying to eat you when you're sleeping, maybe. Um, I don't really have too much trouble with predators when I'm hunting. Uh, other wolves, wolves, I've had them kind of ruin my hunt a few times. Uh, just their presence or just howling around. They start I'll have a bull bugling and wolves will start howling and bulls just clam up and shut up. And so um, then it kind of turned to a wolf hunt, but uh, I've never have been able to call one in very good. Uh, they kind of just, they same as elk, they do this hang up thing. They'll come to about a hundred yards and howl like crazy, but they won't show themselves. But I was talking to these guys that have another uh, YouTube channel uh, stuck in the rut, some North Idaho. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, they said- They're killers. They are, and they're, they're really good at shooting wolves. And they said, uh, when you get them howling like that, he said, don't howl back. He's like, what you got to do is get close, just like elk hunting, and maybe do some predator calls. Um, you know, wound, rabbit in distress, uh, fauna in distress, uh, calf elk in distress or something. And he said, it's weird because they're not like elk. When they commit to come, he's like, those things just come in on a string. They're, it's lunchtime, and they and they're come, they come in running with their tongues out. Tongues hanging Sorry. out. Sorry. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hope I didn't hope I didn't interrupt anything. <laughs> it's so uh, bad. Oh, true. It's oh, so okay. good. It's uh, so I <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the idea of some innocent hunter in the woods just minding his, his own business. And I'll if he keep, looked I'll keep, up and saw you. I'll keep the cape if that helps anybody because actually the cape makes me feel pretty cool. Yeah. I like the tassel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's straight out of Lord of the Rings or something yeah. awesome. It's real gold lame. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Or my mom's shower curtain. Either one. Okay. Right. <laughs> I think I think we all got the I think we all got the point. I think we all got the point. Yeah. <laughs> I I love this awesome. next question. Uh Scotty McWilliams asks, so is Trevor gonna commit to hunting with his sword this fall or what? Oh yeah. That's a great, well, great question. You know, it could probably be done, boys. It could probably be done. Weren't you trying to auction that off with your leather jacket? Um I still have a leather jacket for sale in case you guys are wondering. It's it's a Harley Davidson jacket. I could show you that. Actually my actually my look into that. I I have quite a bit for sale. I've been unemployed for a while. You missed it on the first beers of bro. Uh Trevor came in wielding a sword. Oh really? Yeah. Jacket. Oh yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah I awkward. mean it's a it's a good why would it's not awkward at all. It's it's a Lord of the Rings replica. Um, just I'm, just scale. I'm wondering if Trevor's going to start growing a ponytail. Maybe. Good chance. Um, man, man bun. It depends bun. on how long the, my hairstylist is uh, going to be out of work. <laughs> and the fact that he just said hairstylist, Dirk, I think that answered your question. Yeah. He didn't say barber. He, he did, did not no, say barber. No, he did. No. no, I haven't gone to a barber in a while. Had a bad, had a bad episode. I go to Jake. Jake's good. Really? Jake the barber. He's good. Oh yeah, he's awesome, man. Yeah. I just I like do the guy. number, the number two, just all the way around. Yeah. Help sufficient. You need a cape to match that thing. I yeah. sleep with my hairdresser, so anytime I need it, you know, freshen up, she just like takes care of it. My oh. wife cuts hair, all right. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, wow. <laughs> What does Jessica think about that? <laughs> we, had, we really cut well, those rumors quickly. 
<laughs> well, you got to be careful because uh, if you make her mad, she's made me look like freaking Pee Wee Herman a time or two. <laughs> oh my goodness. Bert, can you All do right. an impression of Pee Wee Herman by chance? Or is that just, not no? going to do that. I no. can. No, I won't. Please okay. go. Please well, go. We'll keep that one in the vault. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jer Jeremy Theax asks, what's your preferred water filtration? Oh, 100%. Uh, hands down. I, I saw the hunt actually of you, Cody, in bear country. And I think it was some other guys that were using the Sawyer squeeze filters, but they're using the mini. Yeah. I believe um, I, I, I started with the mini Sawyer squeeze filter and it's no go. No, get the big dog. Get, I like the big Sawyer. Yes. Get wow. the, get the high volume uh, Sawyer. And um, that's the best that, that the we've found. I even had, I, cause I filtered quite a bit of water cause no one else had one in our group. And so I filtered a bunch of water through it and that silt in the springtime mm -hmm. is substantially like, it's just dirtier water, even in it's like good running water, but it's just full of grit and uh, substantial difference from the flow from just even two days where I would have probably even packed um, backflow, the backflow. Yeah. I mean, I kept yep. tapping and blowing back on it and everything like that, but um, was that the mini, yeah. the mini? No, no that's regular. the full. No, that was a regular Didn't you one. Say you had your first blowout ever. I blew out a bag. It was the second time I've done that because the first time I never turned my uh, shutoff valve on and I just kept squeezing. <laughs> and this time, uh, old Craig Pfeiffer from Sig Sour, he was standing right next to me and I'm squeezing, squeezing along and I just went all over. Yep. So hunting with Dirk this last year, he does the pin. He he has the story little, pen. Yeah, yeah. Little, I was going to call it an empty pen, but I knew that wasn't right. It's the wand. Yeah, it's, it's, the wand. it's a little different. It's yeah. uh, like a little ultraviolet light, and you you fill up your jar full of water, and you stir it until the light goes out, and it kills everything inside. <clears throat> or fine. I thought that would be really fast, but uh, because I watched these guys before, you know, with the Sawyer's filtering water with the little bags, and I thought, oh, man, I'm going to crush this. This is going to my water filtration would be way faster, but actually you guys are, you crush it. I mean, you, you, you guys can fill up your water, filter it into whatever quicker than I can just scoop up water and then stir that thing. You guys are done before I am. It's weird. The, the other yeah. thing that I love about that and, and I picked up on is you got a bull bugling or you're moving in on a bowl and it's like, okay, we're near the end of the day. I need some water. You could literally just take a dirty bag, fill up two liters for the night and in the morning, throw it in your pack and go. And yeah. you're, you know, within 30, you know, a minute you're gone and going and you don't have to worry about pumping or doing anything else. And it, yeah. it's super. You could also do that with a straight pin. But. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just like it's super flexible whether you need to sit and filter right there or the cool thing, too, is like you get to camp, pull out your, your bladder bag and you can hook it up, gravity feed it and sit there and cook your mountain house. Next thing you know, your two liters of water are filtered and you're done and you don't even have to do anything. So Yeah. No more of those little pumping filtration devices. Uh, no. I've had Oh my goodness. Those are broken and they're way wow. heavy. The O-rings we blew out on those things. Yeah. Yeah. And the cost of them is ridiculous compared That's to the Sawyer's like 35 bucks. Yeah. Versus 135 bucks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Galen Bender asks, he's like, congrats, Galen. He drew his Montana combo general tag. Any Sweet. tips or tricks for scouting That's on Onyx? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, any tips or tricks on uh, of the trade on scouting on Onyx for going to Montana? Dirk? Um, so here's a here's a trick. I like to scout. I like to do all my e-scouting, first-hand e-scout on on um, Google Earth, right? Because you can you can change the terrain. You can look at a 3D view, make all my marks, make all my trails, whatever. I do all of it on Google Earth. Then I export a KML file. Okay, you, you got to save it and then export as a KML file. Save all your waypoints and stuff that you just you marked up. Export that as a KML file. Then you can upload it into your mapping system. 
into your, in, onto your mapping website, whether it's Onyx or Basemap, whatever, you can upload it into there and it will populate your other mapping system with all your waypoints you just set. So then when you do that, <clears throat> then it automatically uploads to your phone and then you have to download, you know, unless you have, you have to make sure you have your, your maps downloaded to your phone, but it will update all those waypoints on your, on your phone. So it's, it's a game changer really. Yeah. Yeah. And uh cool thing is I just got to see a beta that the 3d that's rolling out with Onyx. It's, it's pretty sweet. Uh, so wow, I wish I, I wish I could, I wish I could see that. Sorry about your bad luck. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> moving on. This is no, no, just to just to touch just quickly on this. I get a ton of emails on, hey, I'm from back east. I've never even seen an elk before. How do I start by getting out there and trying to, you know, I'm trying to e-scout, but what do I do? Do I look for elevation? Do I look for this? Do I look for that? And and I think my biggest uh, biggest response is, you know use with the with the age of the internet now there is so much information out there but don't discount like biologists like all those things like if you plan on going someplace look into all that kind of stuff and then make your you know make your spots um easily <laughs> easily movable how about that so right. leave yeah. leave if you don't see out go leave and there's a ton of people that talk to us and say, oh, man, I hunted for 21 days this last year for elk and, and never saw one. And I'm like, well, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you go somewhere else? It's be mobile and elk. You're going to you're when, when you get on elk, you're going to smell them. You're going to see them or you're going to hear them within the first two days. If you don't see any of those things, you need to get the H out of there. Elk are exactly where you find them. Hunt the elk, not the country. And I will say, um, I'll, I'll kind of talk onto that a little bit more. Um, sometimes I'll skip over the biologist um, because, uh, let's face it, some of those guys they're stuck in the office. You know, they they're getting yeah. data from all their field field representatives. But your game wardens, uh, if you can get a hold of game wardens, they're the they're the boots on the ground. They're out there every day. You know, grinding it out. If you can get a hold of a game warden and say. You know, and you have to kind of know your stuff. You can't say, hey, man, where should I go hunting? No, you yeah. should say, hey, I was looking at Creek. I was looking at Johnny Creek here, and uh, I had an idea, you know, maybe there's some elk up in this certain section. And if you if you can do your research a little before and then kind of bounce that off of a game warden, they'll say, yeah, that's, sound, that's, that's a good spot. Or no, no, man, you need to be over into the next drainage and such and such. So, um, but yeah, I would definitely use that. Very yeah, very specific questions with with areas in mind. Then those wow. guys all of a sudden know, like, okay, he's done his work. I'm gonna but at the same going. time very specific questions, but at the same time, be specific on your capabilities. Yeah, because that's another big thing. I think a lot of people there's no game warden that wants to put you four miles back in the backcountry on a bunch of elk that the guy can only you know do. Uh, road hunting you know what i mean and then he goes back there that's a liability so you need to tell them uh, right off the bat hey i have backpacked into five miles i am i am capable of doing this so that's another thing that you know might be helpful here here's a good one uh dirk jeremy terry asks when doing a cold calling scenario in early season how do you play the scenario and how long should it go on as you're ramping up the excitement into your calling that's a good question. Um, especially, you know, you got a lot of <clears throat> Utah guys or even, you know, Oregon opens pretty early too, compared to Idaho or Wyoming. Um, not this year. Not this year? No. no. Oh, yeah, this is a little lighter year, isn't it? This is the reset year. We yeah. call it our year. Your year, year. Perfect. But uh, so I would kind of start things out with, let's say, you know, there's elk in the country. Um, let's say it's mid-morning, mid-day, you know where they're bedded. Maybe you heard a couple squeals or something right at daylight, but they're just not talking. Um, you think, okay, I've got, I know where the tracks are. I know where they're bedding. You're going to get close up to that bedding area. You want to get the wind in your favor. Um, and then you're going to want to do just a few modest cow calls real quiet, two or three. 
and just kind of let it sit five, 10 minutes and see what happens. Uh, nothing happens. Um, you're going to want to give out a few, like three or four or five loud cow calls, you know, uh, with a little more yearning to it, to just to, 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 to put it out there, you know, you're looking for a boyfriend and you're right here. That way, if there's elk at a further distance, they can hear you. Uh, if you still got nothing, then I kind of let it sit for five, 10 minutes. Then you can pick up a big, big old branch, rip a tree out of the ground, like I like to do, <laughs> like Cody said earlier. Yeah. Um, Make a clear cut. Just start beating the snot out of another tree with it, you know, just raking, rake, and you can rake for a good solid five, 10 minutes. But, you know, make sure your head's on a swivel, you're washing for bulls coming in. Um, and then just kind of let it sit for a bit, you know, another 10, 15 minutes. And then maybe make a few more cow calls. And then about halfway through, so you're into this about 20 minutes by now, then you're gonna want to bugle. You're not going to want to rip a big nasty bugle, just kind of a, a just a normal, just a normal bugle. Um, and then kind of wait and see what happens. If, if you don't get a response, more cow calls. Um, almost like this bull is starting to get a little bit, he's starting to notice these ladies. So he bugled, maybe something's happening here. Maybe one's going to be close to uh, being an estrus. You're, you're trying to paint this weird picture in this, in a bull's mind up there, wherever the herd's bedded down where he'll come down and check you out so um so you want to escalate your cow calls a little bit more you maybe want to escalate your bugling a little bit more a little more a little more rambunctious maybe you maybe want to do a big old lip ball if you if you know how to do one of those um that's gonna that's gonna show that oh man things are starting to heat up this bull's getting excited there's probably a cow in heat down here and you're, and you're gonna kind of build things up you're gonna pick up rocks you're gonna throw them you're gonna pick up sticks you're going to throw them, you're going to beat things around. You're going to make a bunch of noise. Make sure your head's on a swivel. This is if you're by yourself, right? Now, if you have a friend with you, you want to send him downwind 40, 50 yards. You want to maintain eye contact still, but you want to get him downwind 40, 50 yards. That way, if a bull sneaks in, usually in these cold call scenarios, they're going to sneak in quietly. A lot of times, they don't come screaming right in uh, straight in front of you. So, what... <clears throat> uh, after you've, you've painted this big scenario and you've kind of brought it up to an apex, then you're going to go quiet. And what I, when you go quiet, you don't want to move. You don't want to be standing right where you made all that noise. You want to move downwind 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards, whatever makes sense for cover and then stand. Don't kneel. Don't sit on a log because if you kneel or sit on a log, you're going to, your legs are going to fall asleep. You're going to get tired. You know, you want to be vigilant. Like you have to believe in it that any second, something's going to happen and a bull's going to come in and you might give it 30 minutes without moving a muscle, you know, just using your eyes and slowly scanning, you know, the area around you. And after 30 minutes of being quiet, sitting there, if nothing happens um, and you know, there's elk there, you may just move up towards closer to where you think those elk are at and just kind of start over again. That that's kind of my cold call scenario. Wow. That was, that was really, really good. Yeah. Really good. 60 percent of the time it works every time yeah i'll never i'll never do it but it works it works almost all the time. i've done it a lot back in the old days and i've had pretty decent luck with it uh, these days i'm looking for a big old bugling match so i don't do it yeah. Very much yeah yeah jeff boston asks what do you guys do with the meat like does the shooter keep it all or do you divide it up with all the people on the hunt um every camp's different you know I know guys that every, everyone who's in camp, whether they hunted with the guy that killed or even packed out a, a chunk of meat, they all kind of divvy up amongst the camp. Um, I've hunted with people that just split it with the, whoever the partners were that were boots on the ground and helped get it out. Um, I've hunted with people that, you know, you kind of have this, it's like, no, they don't, you know, it's not like they don't want to share. It's almost like an understood. It's like, no, you keep your elk. I'll try to get mine. And, and maybe if I don't get something and then maybe I'll take a quarter or something. You just never know. Like last year, uh, cameraman Dusty, I gave him half my elk in Idaho and, and give old Rander, old, old Randini there in Wyoming after shot that bull in the river, I gave him half my elk because, um, you know, his family Love needed Randy. it. And, and uh, it's crazy. Randy land, right? 
Oh, Rando and I've been <laughs> <on> Randy Land. <laughs> oh, Rando and I've been texting all day. Love that guy. He's a great dude. Cannot <laughs> wait to hunt with him someday again. Um, but yeah, so and and the answer to like all of us is we are uh, we're very uh, optimistic. How about that? So we go through the whole season, and each of us, if whatever we kill happens, whatever happens happens, and the cards play, and then at the end of the season if someone doesn't get one or something like that we all divvy back to to whoever doesn't and that's that, that's how we kind of roll it but at the same time that's part of our deal as far as you know what you're going to get one you're going to you know tomorrow's your day the next day's your day so i mean it's always optimistic is what we are so for sure uh, one quick one for me and this is a big thing for me as far as sleeping uh that's a good one. Why rank? I don't. I don't know the name. I'm sorry. Um, what's Trent's uh, sleeping bag system? I'm a big guy with broad shoulders. I'm a very tiny guy. I'm petite, but I, I understand your pain. <laughs> if you don't laugh, don't laugh. It's like hugging a 55 gallon drum uh, every time I come up to. All right. It. All right. Anyway. Uh, uh, he's not a mummy style guy, neither am I. Um, so what I've actually found, and this is through um, Trail um, at Go Hunt. Actually, he, he introduced me to a bag called a Chilkoot. It's actually from Stone Glacier. And if you look that up, anyway. And so I bought one of those this last year. Uh, it's a spinny bag, but it, it actually, I think it has a 54-inch top, I think believe that's you can yeah don't don't quote me on that but it's a it's a big big bag um one of my goals one of these days is actually to make my own sleeping bag that's uh giant all the way down square i don't do mummy bags i hate all that i hate being confined i'll take the extra six ounces cody's gonna you know persecute me for that not judging i'm not judging yeah no judgment no judgment <laughs> but but no <laughs> and, yeah I, um, yeah, I, I'll take a big giant sleeping bag. Your biggest thing to me is your sleep at night. So, um, yeah, your sleeping pad and your sleeping bag are one of the most important, I think, things that'll keep you out there and keep you hunting. So anyway, and to be comfortable in hunting and stuff, I need a big giant sleeping bag and a, a comfortable sleeping pad. So that's where I'm at. So thanks for the question. That was a good one. Um, so Tyler Spears, he's actually a local Rosebird guy here. He's asked several times, Dirk, let's hear the bark scream, the bark scream chuckle. Ooh. And I said, well, Dirk lives and sleeps with his beagle. You know, he's, he's you know he has a reed. You, you can't know tell me. You no, know, you know, like, look at that Dirk right there. He's like, <laughs> I went, I went to the shop, Dirk. I got this from the shop. If you can see, excuse <laughs> my voice. He has a bugle and a bandana and a cape wherever he goes. <laughs> a cape. Uh, don't leave the home without and, it. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't drive my vehicle. My, we brought the wife's car, and contrary to popular opinion, there's no alcohols in it. And I didn't, wow. I didn't have my bag behind me, my backpack for my computer. There's no calls in it. Bugles won't fit in the car. Sorry. That's weird. Wow. I am. That is, I will say this is the first time I've ever That's been harsh. around work that he has not grabbed a bugle and just and ripped it. Wow. I'm sorry. I, thought... <laughs> I owe you. Yeah. I owe you. <laughs> oh, man. Um, this is a question that we get all lot on our emails. Pathway Outdoors says, where do you guys charge your camera batteries in the backcountry? We use uh, anchor. anchor. Yeah, we got. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of any any battery bank. We usually carry at least a ten thousand milliamp and USB into it. You got a couple chargers and rocking and rolling. Um, it's simple system. You can charge your phones from it. GPS, um, like our in reaches, anything like that, and rock and roll. So it's easy. Um, any closing, let's see, uh, I pretty they much wanted, have gone, they wanted closing, they wanted closing bugles, but that's, that's not going to happen. 
Yeah. Yep. Um, Stefanovic asked Trevor, are you killing cats? Whoa. Killing cats? I'm I don't know. Confused. We're confused with everything that you've done so far this whole broadcast. So look at this. Not bad. Not terrible. Not terrible. Nice. You've 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 really really interrupted. No, I thing. sorry. No, I haven't killed any cats lately. My kids would kill me. <laughs> anyway, everybody needs to get to get back to their lives and uh anyway get to eating dinner tonight and as do all of us so it looks like trevor's uh gourmet chef you know broadcast is almost done so that's awesome but uh just want to thank everybody thank you so much dirt it's been awesome having you yeah, on thanks for having me man yeah wow. it's uh we will do it again how about that yeah that'd be good hey, so uh, i did I did see a bunch of questions early on about collaboration this fall. Oh. So, well, well, maybe. Well. We, might, we might do something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You fine. never know. Okay. Let's do it. Pretty, pretty, pretty much going to happen. Uh, one thing I, I, I drew a Montana tag and so did Dirk do, I think you drew a better unit than I did. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's a Montana tag, I guess. Something. Yeah. I don't even know. Somebody told me to put in, and I, I put in. So, awesome. Going to Montana. <laughs> really? You lucky oh, son of a yeah. gun. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah we're gonna. We're, there will be some collaboratory stuff. I don't know about costumes. I don't know about capes. I'd love <laughs> to wear a cape. Uh, maybe <laughs> just a cape would be good. It uh, seems that I seem to run faster through the brush with the cape. <laughs> Which yeah. one says I? I, I pity. I pity the fool. Mr. T. Uh, I can be uh, Mr. Oh, T. Hey, I, I think you can do oh, that man. one. Oh, Cody. I, I, I have that. I actually was Mr. T for Halloween about seven years ago, maybe eight. It was pretty legit. I'm not going to lie. You didn't do blackface, did I think we should end it right there. Okay. <laughs> hey, no, one, one last question, because people have asked. I've seen several several comments about that. How'd you guys do in New Mexico draws? LFC911 asked that. Any New Mexico tags? Oh, painful. Painful story. Yeah. Zero draws for, uh, Zero for, for Dirk, you got something? Um, we did not draw, but. But you're buying a tag. We got our hands on a unit-wide landowner preference. Oh my goodness gracious! LLP tag, whatever that means. So uh, it means awesome thing. You, you and Phelps rolling hard. Yep, yep. Gonna go That's down awesome. there and uh, partake of the beautiful bowls of New Mexico. Oh, so I'm pretty excited. That's not disappointing. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. disappointing is your cooking still. So. What are you uh, talking about? Just, <laughs> What's we're looking at your, yeah, your power lines now. That's awesome. So, all right, let's wrap this up. Thank you guys, everybody, for joining us. Uh, next Thursday, we're going to be back with a whole nother episode of Beers with Bros. We have no idea who the guest is going to be. We're going to try to figure that out next week. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week if Trevor gets done with his cooking show. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. We'll see you guys. <laughs>